back. Well, tax season's here, folks, and you know. Hi there. Whoa, where'd you come from? April here to tell you about the tax filing software from Tax Act. Uh, seriously, were you like hiding behind my desk? Seriously, Tax Act makes it easy to get your maximum refund. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Switch to Tax Act today and you can start for free. Or as we say at Radio Land, subtle. Tax Act. Tax Act. File for less and get more. See taxact.com for details. Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org slash heart. Hello, so, everyone. Welcome. I've got a consent to it. It says sorry. <laughs> Do you consent? I've done it. I've consented. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 67 of Get Out of Rap. Now that he's given his consent, he's back for number four. It is future president of Nicaragua, business owner, LinkedIn legend, national treasure status pending. Um, well, oh, charity expedition leader, all round good guy, my mate Nick McEwen. Hello, mate. <laughs> Hello, mate. That was a really good intro. I like that one. Do you like that? Yeah. Can I can I just say I'm gutted that I didn't make number sixty nine of Get Out Rap. <laughs> It'll be sixty seven. We'll come back. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll find a segment to talk about for number 69. We can do yeah, the best def- bits. Yeah, definitely. Highlight reel show of my yeah. previous three appearances on this one. <laughs> well, there's a, there needs to be, there is Get Out of Rap merchandise now, I'm not just plugging that, but um, there needs to be like a, a football. Because you remember Soccer AM, they used to yeah. give out the, the the ball. You would have had one, and then we need to do something now for, for number four. But it's been... It's been, we've kind of mapped out our friendship via these podcasts, haven't we? Yeah, can I just say before we get into that, I have actually purchased a Get Out of Rap t-shirt. I know, thank you very much, I saw that. I'll be modelling that in the upcoming, keep your on my Instagram stories for my seven followers out there. <laughs> you've got uh, more than that, you've, yeah. you're being modest. Probably being grey or black and white, moody lighting. <laughs> a bit moody. <laughs> yeah, from a good side. So how the devil are you? What's been going on in, in your world? Um, I f- do you know what? I feel like I say the same thing all the time. And I always just say I'm busy when people ask. But but I'm, I'm constructively busy at the moment. And what does that mean? Um, well, just in terms of the business, it's been, it's been non-stop. I made... A hire over the weekend. I brought in a business support um, part time. I've got an advert out at the moment uh, for a bid coordinator to come in and help me just manage some of the workload. To be honest, mate, because I mean, I've I think it's thirty three clients we're up to now, and I mean, wow. I think it's twenty two, twenty three of those now repeat. So it's 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 just been it's it's i'm probably a year ahead of where i thought would be six months to a year ahead of where i thought i'd be at this point 
So I didn't really have the, the, the structure in place for it. So I've been doing a bit of work with sort of businesses outside of mine. So like for the customer experience, what I didn't want to lose, one of the big selling points that people always say when they come to me is that they feel like they're dealing with me and like I talk to them as I would talk to a human. Not So we're not using excess corporate language. It's not 57,000 emails back and forth. It's them talking to me and then me getting an understanding of what they require. So I've been doing a bit of work with ThinkWell at the moment. It's Daniel and Rebecca Brown on LinkedIn. Um, there's the customer experience side of things. So that so just so that I'm maintaining that, so I don't, so I don't, at the same token that we have to scale it and grow, I still want to keep the reason I think people came to me in the first place was, was that they wanted to interact with me and, and that they found that that was, that was the way to success for them. So I, it, it's a balancing act, but a lot, I mean, I've enjoyed working with Daniel and Rebecca so far, and that's one aspect of it. I say bringing new people in, I've had a lot of advice from some of my friends who are in recruitment and just trying to, excuse me, just trying to, just trying to, <laughs> I always feel, I'll be honest and say it, I, I always feel in terms of the business, like I know what my talents are in bid writing, but in terms of the business side of it, I've always felt like I was winging it. Like my my pipeline was an Excel spreadsheet, you know, and and that's changing slowly but surely. I'm becoming more professional and, and the business is is scaling at a rate that I didn't expect. So it's yeah, it's just for me, mate. It's just a case of trying to keep the things that made the business work in the first place going, at the same token as allowing it to grow, at the same time. Mate, I think um, it's just been great to see see your success. And there's a couple of things there that I think just kind of talk to um, who you are. And actually, you know, personal preference, how I think businesses should be anyway, it's you, It's the success is down to your hard work, who you are as a person. And I think it's interesting, isn't it? It's kind of that, I love that, your honesty around winging it, because I think we all feel that so often, but you've gone out there, you've done it, you get in the success that you your hard work and your knowledge deserves, yeah. but you're doing it in a way that doesn't ever mean you're something you're not and that kind of who I'm dealing with as a company I think is so important that it's often overlooked I think people think you have to suddenly change how you talk change how you communicate um, not be able to talk normally and use language that's normal everything has to suddenly get but I think some of that it comes from people trying to sell to you as a business owner that wrapped up in their vocabulary is their expertise. When in fact, you know what you're doing. People buy you. I think it's great to see. What kind of boss are you going to be? Um, are you? Um, have you seen, like, you know, The Office with Ricky Gervais, David Brent? David Brent, the Brent yeah. Meister General. Yeah, like um, that kind of... Chilled out entertainer. He's got yeah, <laughs> he's got the same accent as you, and he. But um, I, I would, I, I, I don't know. I'd be, I'd always like to think I'd be fair. Like as long as I think, as long as you're fair and consistent, hmm. and if you're consistent in how you are, and like I, I, I could be annoying to work for. I'd imagine because I have a way of doing things, and 
like anybody that comes on board would have to understand the way the way that I am and 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 the hunger I have and the way that the way that I'm pushing this thing forward and the energy that I bring to it but that on the same token mate it's one of those things you know you always see those cheesy Richard Branson quotes well I'm not one for them but in reality I want to hire people that are better than me at doing certain Mm -hmm. things because that's how this business grows and I don't want to bring people in and mold them into robots and and change and say this is the way we do things but on the same token in this company we have we do we are different look we are different in terms of other i mean we try and we what i'm trying to do is bring bring an understanding that that the bid writing doesn't have to be a horrible exhaustive process and try and make it a bit sexy you know like <laughs> try, try try and make it a bit fun and get, and try and get companies talking in their own voice <coughs> excuse me and still winning the work and and that's the difference and Every every single company that works that I work with that I've spoken to has said the same thing. Like this is bid writing is horrible. We hate doing it. It's time. It takes up time we don't have. We don't can't afford to hire a specialist bid team in. And and that that's the market. That's where we want to be. And everything that I'm doing is gearing towards that. It's all aimed at that market. But it doesn't have to be like obviously the procurement team is. Does anybody know who's on the procurement team in their company? Probably not, because it's it's a place that people avoid. Yeah. Whereas I'm trying to show that it doesn't have to be like that. You can have human to human conversations around buying and procurement and and tendering. It's 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 not this horrible, boring monster. Like it's definitely not as boring as accounts. that's the worst it is the worst it's definitely not as boring as a council hr let's put it that way i always found um so in a previous in a previous employer we were doing loads of different things where it needed new products new services and the stage that went to procurement was everyone dreaded in the project because it just meant some of that, I think, actually, was because you then had to justify because you knew something. Just because you knew something might be a good idea for the company, yeah. I oh, will change the product or we'll do this type of new service in this new geographical location. Makes perfect sense when someone scrutinizes it and says, "How is it different to this?" or "How do you justify this?" and "Where's the mark?" Ask you questions, and you're like, "Oh, just why do they why why do they make it so difficult?" That frustration yeah. actually was because people were asking you questions you kind of should have known the answers to in the first place anyway. Yeah. Um, if anyone can make this whole thing sexy, then mate, that's got to be you. Well, yeah, I'm going to, I haven't done, I, I do the photoshops normally, don't I? Photoshop my face onto some kind of bid related <laughs> article. I haven't done that for a while. So I'll probably bring that back for the fans. So it's been, how long has, how, how long has the company been up and running now? Are you, where are you six, at? Six and a half months now. Well, and you're already what way ahead of expectations. Yeah, but, so it's it's hard to quantify really because I had again, I'll be honest about it, I didn't know how well this was gonna go. Like I I've done things, I've given myself like I'm not silly, like I give myself a platform that gave me immediate eyes on what I was doing. So I decided that 
when when it was time to launch whatever I was going to do, that I'd have a following, I'd have people that supported it. And like I like some people have said already, like um I someone said something about a bid writer and I didn't know anyone apart from you that does bid writing. So if 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 that's the case and you're winning, you're winning yeah. already. It's half the half the I'll battle. Say that. And so that's allowed, that's given me a massive head start. And, and it's always good to be honest and humble about that. It's not, I mean, I haven't advertised. I haven't, I haven't spent money on advertising or gone to sort of marketers to help me with it. I've just, I've just relied purely on my network. And like I say, if 23 or 22, I think, uh, repeat customers, then, then we're doing something right. So as long as yeah. that carries on and, and you and you improve on that then then you're not going to go too far wrong but i didn't i didn't know where i'd be mate I'd, i mean it could have t- everyone could have turned around and said well he's that guy that takes the piss on linkedin so there's no way we're using it we need to <laughs> we need to win this half a million pound contract i'm not having him write our bits you know keeping miles away from it but i mean my, my skill set is my skill set and regardless of of the things i say or the opinions i hold on some things that people may or may not agree with it's you can't knock the win rate and you can't knock what the business is doing. That's, I suppose, when we all look back, when we sat on a porch on a rocking chair, that's what, that's what you, that's what professionally you'd be remembered for. And as long as it speaks for itself, then, then you'd be happy. But to, I don't know why I went off on a tangent, but just to say, yeah, mate, I didn't really know where it would be, but I think ahead of conservative guess, we're probably yeah nine months to a year ahead of where we thought we'd be at this stage. I, well, I like the fact that if you're thinking about being in a rocking chair, right, it's about looking back at key points in your working career. Yeah. And knowing that you haven't, that you've stayed true to who you are and what you, what you value and what you hold important. Yeah. So the, um, being around your LinkedIn posts and things like that, mm-hmm. they haven't really changed. No. So they haven't changed at all from what I've less, seen. Less swearing, maybe. <laughs> Are they? Really? <laughs> maybe a little bit. Less, less, less swearing. But I do. Uh, to be honest, I, I've got. I do think about things, in terms of in terms of like what I'm saying. Um, not not to the point where I change it, but just to the point like somebody said to me the other day. A woman wrote one of my posts the other day because I was. Mocking the anti-vaxxers in London again, as I like to do, and a woman like was like, "This is not professional. I wouldn't work with you." And her job title was like lab assistant at some chemist in in Texas. And you think, well, what scope do you have to make that decision anyway? Why don't people just scroll on? You know, you mentioned um, Ricky Gervais. I love the way he's um, talked about it in the past, which is um social media like linkedin twitter these are the modern day equivalents right of notice boards sat uh in in the middle of a town yeah and your post is pinned on the board and it says what it says it's i think he said it's like off someone offering guitar lessons and you get annoyed about that why can't you just walk past just read what you want to read and walk past it doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense. Well, he also said, didn't he, that what 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 gives you the right to feel be so arrogant that you feel that you have <laughs> yeah. the right to be offended by something that yeah. I say? 
Yeah. And and it and it makes sense, mate. Like it's it's always the same thing. Like I've I've always found, and I think it speaks maybe for social media in general that I've always found, especially on LinkedIn, the people that criticise the people, <coughs> the people that say things like, "This is not for LinkedIn." Well, number one, they're always awful at LinkedIn. <laughs> like, so some so anybody who writes this shouldn't be on LinkedIn. If you, all you got to do is click, what I used to do, if they'd write that, is click on their profile page and just screenshot their posts. And and it's always, it's always the same story. There's no engagement. Yeah. There's no yeah. following. And, it, and the stuff that they have liked previously or interacted with is either them just saying over and over again, this is not for LinkedIn, or it's interacting with things that, they're criticizing on your post. I think a lot of it is people just venting mm. one way or another, they, whether they've had a bad day or they're not happy with their life or whatever it is, they're, they're just venting. Now there's things that you see, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but there's things that I see and I think like, I've got to say something about that. And I think that like some things that there was one the other day and it was just, it was homophobic. Like, so there was a guy and he posted a picture of him and a, his husband on their wedding day. It was only last week, this. And there was a lot of comments from America and Africa saying, like, there's no woman in this photo. Where's your wife? And all that sort of shit that, like, you, you'd want to see left behind 100 years ago. Yeah, exactly. You know? And, and, and it, I, just, I just thought there's one boat that did it. And I said, look, mate, I said, that's a disgrace, what you've just mm. said there. And I said, I'm embarrassed for you. And he and then he was kind of like, well, that's your opinion. And you can't argue with that. Do you know what I mean? If, if that's his opinion and he's not going to change his mind, you can't educate fucking idiots like that. Who's got the time? I haven't, I haven't got time. Imagine, like, you've seen over the years, imagine all the negative comments I've had and all the people that argue and put their point across and just talk utter shite up there. Imagine if you tried to sit down and rash or try to sit down at your computer and reason with every one of those people. You're absolutely pissing the wind. There's not enough hours in the day. No, there isn't. But I do think there's something about continuing to do what you're doing and calling um, calling it out. Because I think over the last few years, um, it's starting to change, I, I, think, I think, again, for the better. But over the last few years, um, people have confused uh, free speech as some sort of license that gives them um carte blanche to to be homophobic to be racist mm. um by saying it's it's free speech it's my yeah. it's my opinion there are some things that are abhorrent morally wrong mm. persecutory and against the norms of society and i think now we're starting to correct that even though like i you know yesterday um gareth southgate coming out saying what he said about sticking to taking the knee, even though England fans are booing, more power to him because um, yeah, it's about it's it's about keeping the debate. But I also think it's about letting people know that because if you go back to the period between I don't know ninety two and two thousand and twelve, let's say, and I'm just sticking with like because remember the London Olympics, it was amazing. Um, yeah. Since then or to, but certainly let's say from 2016, Trump, that kind of thing, it was, suddenly it was okay to, to say racist things. And it's not okay, it's never been okay, because we are yeah. progressing as 
society. We don't burn witches anymore because we've got better at understanding the world, who we are, brains. And fast forward again, another 20, 30 years, I'd like to think with all of this stuff will be left behind, this nonsense. We are all the same. Just let people live and have yeah, the same access to... You are 100% right. And I think that, obviously, we know that 2016 to, to 2020, racism and hate crimes in general really rose across the western world what they were emboldened by i'm not quite sure but i don't think you could put it all on donald trump but i know that some of the things that he said definitely played a part in that but i think that the danger as i see it, it there's two there's two dangers mate as that i think are, are really sort of at the forefront here. one is that it goes unchecked so if gareth southgate said right actually the fans are booed so we're not going to do that anymore then that's cowering to racism, isn't it? That's cowering to bigotry yeah. and, and whatever in whatever form it comes in. The re- whatever the reason people... Are, now, someone could be booing for a different reason. They wouldn't necessarily have to mean they're racist, but the connotations are the same. So if we're, if we're saying that we're kneeling for equality and we need it to boo that and for then for the England manager to say, well, actually we are going to stop doing it because of that, then that's cowering to it. And that's a real danger. But then the other one, mate, that it's going to be a bit controversial probably. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll try and be as careful with my word as I can. But so like last week when um, Sasha Johnson was shot in London, last, was yeah. it last weekend, last Sunday? Yeah. About two weeks ago. Yeah. Two happened? weeks ago. Well, the media, and yeah. the, 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 they were baying for it to be mm. a white person to yeah. make it a racial thing. Yeah. Now my my point has always been there's 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 got to, and as soon as as soon as it came out that it wasn't a white person that did it, and it was whether it was gang related, whatever the reason may be, but it was four black men that were arrested. The story completely disappeared. Mm. From the media, the, from the whole yeah, because it doesn't suit it doesn't suit their narrative. It doesn't but, suit um, their old way of. They're the template. They've got a template. They've got a way that they know that they're going to run it. So you're dead right. And to me, that that is. I mean, there's there's a fine line between working on and having conversations around eliminating inequality and hatred from our world, which I think you could say 98% of people, all normal people, you and mm-hmm. I and level-headed people would want to see. Okay. Yeah. There's no way that I, if, if someone said to me today, here's a magic button, you could end equality. You'd press the button. It's, it's yeah. you know, end inequality, should I say. You'd press yeah. the button. It's a, it's a no brainer thing. But the, the line between that and driving home the differences between us is very fine. Mm. And, and and I've always said for the last, since I've been speaking publicly about things for the last four or five years, whatever it would be, that if you if your sole focus is on the difference between us and whether that be your sexuality or your religion or your colour or a million different things, political leanings, whatever it could be, then that is where people's minds are going to sit. That's the reality they will then live in. Like, I mean, 
I I'm not black, obviously, like, but I would have a problem, I think, if I was black with someone's first description of me being he's a black man. Yeah. You know, and I and I know I don't see that from coming from an experienced point of view or anything like that, but it, it just seems to me that if that's your focus, then people talk about well, you should be proud and history, and I get all that. But if all I am is eliminated everything about who I am and instantly drawn down to which colour my skin is, then that to me that's dehumanising. Yeah. Because you're taking the human element away. But what you're basically saying is you're a different version of this. And in reality, it's not true. We just look different. Mm. Like me me and you have different colour hair. Like it doesn't matter. And I know this is a really simplistic argument, but that would be my point. If, If somebody, if I was walking down the street and somebody said, look, there's a black man rather than there's a man walking down the street. Yeah. But it just seems to me your whole life's work and everything that you do and who you are is eliminated by that narrative straight away. And I think yeah. that, that if that's always the focus and then that's what that that's the message put forward, then if you're told by the media 27,000 times a day, this person was black, this person was white, then subconsciously that's how you that's the reality you're then in so you're going to say oh he was a black person not just oh he was a guy from london or he was a guy from scotland or whatever it would be you know and he was an engineer or he was a chemist it's just if it just seems to me strange this notion that a black man a black woman or a child an asian woman or what does that matter it's well that's why um language you've mentioned the media language that they use you can spot differences um and what and you know what they're trying to do is be a lot you know blanket brush here but um for a lot of some of the tabloids or clickbait websites and things like that they're trying to be incendiary and to do that they use language so your point's really valid it's kind of um so if someone says, "Oh, who's so and so?" and he says, "Oh, he's a he's a black guy," that isn't a good description. That you know, I need I need more to be able to identify someone than that. Yeah. Um, so your point is your your point is is really valid. I think it's interesting. You can't. You know, you said earlier you can't um, spend your time educating people, and some people are absolutely lost causes i do think though that public opinion people being challenged in ways that still don't send them away into the shadows um that still treat them with respect can change people and there's no better change than um experience because even in the dark days of uh, racism in this country people would be horrible about people from diff- different ethnic backgrounds, but always say, oh, but my mate who might be in that ethnic yeah. group, he's all right. You know, and it's it. <laughs> then being able to take that and say, you do see that that's illogical, that there is, you know, the reason you say he's all right is he is a human being like yeah. you. 
Um, and you're right, it's uh, it's our differences that we, we have far more in common than we do um, differences, but differences are the things that kind of lead to all of these, um, lead to all of these troubles. But I think like you, I have faith that the majority of our society see it for what it is yeah, and, and don't react or just get tired of it. We're, there's been too much division, whether it has been elections, Brexit, Trump, whatever. We've, we've, we've got through something like COVID because we've actually worked together. Yeah. The majority of societies work together, which is why the anti-vaxxers that have been protesting, you're kind of like, guys, we're... We're nearly done. We're you're protesting about nothing. Uh, we're we're getting, we're cracking on with it. You guys just do what you need to do. But well, they just move the goalposts, don't they? That's the that's the thing with them. They move the goalposts, and and it's it's always the same. It's always the same thing, mate. Like I, I'm stuck somewhere between the bit we said about free speech and and no to hate speech. Yeah, probably. But how, how do we define that? And then the, the, the one thing that I can't stand to see that annoys me just as much as the initial thing. So I'll give you an example. So for instance, somebody writes something on LinkedIn or here's an example. So someone sends, <coughs> excuse me, an in, inappropriate message to a woman on LinkedIn. Woman then screenshots that or man, whichever way you want it to be, whichever way around, screenshots that, post it on LinkedIn. 300 people slate this person into the ground. Like, to me, there's no difference between him doing... I mean, his act or her act was wrong in the first place. We get that. But does having 300 people insulting, abusing, like, contacting their employers, all that sort, is that any better? Like and at what point does it become that, that there's a standard, isn't there? Somewhere in the middle, there has to be a standard that we say, look, we can condemn this, and we can say this is wrong, and we can take appropriate action and whatever it would be. But this piling on culture, this get this person banned and removed culture, and all of these things that that are flying around at the moment, to me, it it, it it's unhealthy is unhealthy and all all that happens is mate you have you'll end up with a subsect of people and one of their homophobia they get cut off or will then turn into racism because all of these people will be sort of sent to the same place of just nowhere they're not in the conversation they're outside of the bait nobody's educating them no one's talking to them they're not condemned because nobody sees what they say so their thoughts just manifest and grow and they're all exiled together so then your homophobia becomes racism as well. And your racism becomes, I don't know, discrimination against Jewish people or Muslims or whatever it may be. And and those that's what happened. That's the danger to me of cutting these people off. Because if if you if you did something wrong and I said, look, mate, I don't think you're right for that, and this is why I don't think you're right from that, then whether you learn something or not, the point is your your attitude and your your point of view on it has been questioned. But to just say, right, you should be removed, you're, well, then you're just removed and you still have that point of view. You're just over mm-hmm. there with that point of view. And you're yeah, not here. That, was kind of, 
Yeah, that was kind of <coughs> the point about you. Um, we should. It, it's the extent to which people that are doing things like that um, are reasonable or open to a true debate and understanding about what they're doing is wrong. Mm. Um, that's less likely, even if they were open. So there's an assumption, let's say that person goes, well, okay, I'm willing to talk about it. They won't talk about it if they're mob chased out of whatever platform no. they're on. So I, I totally get that. And actually moving uh, a lot of this, a lot of people with those views into other platforms um, has already been shown to be dangerous um, because they're ju they just they will fuel each other. Um, it's it's a real I find that one a real challenging one to try and get my head around as well because if you take like let's take sexist behaviour, misogynistic behaviour, that kind of stuff, women should just be allowed like men to get on with their day like. The thought of me and you encountering any kind of sexual harassment today is a nonsense, isn't it? Even though you're bringing sexy probably, to probably people, less so for you, yeah. But, <laughs> but it is a <laughs> it is a nonsense, isn't it? We at no point today did I think do I think either me or you will be made to feel uncomfortable because of something that's said or unwarranted um, mm. comments. The women in our lives will have that challenge every day um, yeah. and so when that happens calling it out and because equally I've kind of gone both sides of this I've sometimes wondered why people's and the perpetrator the person that said something horrible on a professional platform like LinkedIn has had their anonymity protected I've thought oh that's weird but then equally I've thought I've also seen like you when it isn't protected that there's a pile on but do they deserve it or not what they've done is just weird and wrong um but i like you i think if you think about the solution if you think about what we all want it isn't going to be achieved by um either ignoring it or castigating people to the point where they never want to engage with anyone else they're just going to they're going to get worse if anything well yeah you're only so, gonna you're only gonna harness their beliefs aren't you it, it, it's and then they've got say say if it was a, a a racist post or even unintentionally racist post these days that gets absolutely piled onto then that guy who probably wasn't a racist has just said the wrong word in or has tried to communicate a point or whatever it would be, or maybe even is slightly racist or is racist entirely. But then he's not going to go away and think, well, I've been driven out by, and he's going to think, isn't he, all of these foreign people and black people, whatever it may be, that's what he's going to believe. That's that's what he's going to take away from that. And sometimes if, what I'm saying is, in, in, an, in an argument, in anger, Nothing's ever solved. No. Like nothing's ever like if you've ever argued with your missus or your your husband, some listeners, or whatever it would be, when when you're in the bit of the of the row when you're you're both angry and you're both you're both emotional about it, that's not when it gets solved. No. It gets solved afterwards when everybody like so and then you when you start to expand on the points that you made and try and process them and understand them. 
That there's that saying in there. Was it probably Martin Luther King? And is, was it you can't you don't drive darkness out with more darkness? Which is Correct. a good is a, in reality. Yeah. If you've got a dark room, you're not going to make it lighter by bring, putting darkness in there, right? It's Correct. So that and, that and that's yeah, it's love and love and hate as well. You don't. It's it's love that that does this and that kind of point about talking about our what we have in common. Yeah. Um, and understanding, and that's why I think you take uh, some of this learned behavior, but understanding that that learned behavior can change, yeah. that people can change. There'll be a tiny minority, I think, that are beyond change um, because it doesn't suit, it doesn't suit them. Um, but I'd like to think that we're getting there. It feels a bit more positive again, things do. I don't, and I don't know whether that has been a weird side effect of um, coming together working with against covid and all, all all having the shared the same shared experience yeah regardless of anything we've all had to go through lockdown um people are more open to talk about mental health or worried yeah. about covid and we're getting through it we, we are getting through it and i think that's great I, I think a lot of it mate is 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 necessity but on on the wider picture i think a lot of people have tuned out and I think that that's been a massively positive thing. Obviously, I talk to hundreds of people every week and it's part of LinkedIn and my job and stuff. And I think that a lot of people I spoke to have tuned out now. They're not watching BBC News. They're not listening to the constant negatives that are being pushed in their face. And people seem a bit happier, like happier in the communities and happier mm -hmm. yeah. on an individual level. And, and, and that's what's important. I mean, the world, the narrative changes all the time. It's like we've seen recently with Israel and Palestine. Now, if you're watching that with every, any sense of humanity and sensibility, then you, you would be... Like, there's a lot of people I know and I've spoken to before who would have been probably on Israel's side in this automatically because the other side happened to be Muslims. Now, there was, after... 9-11 and, and London, there was quite a lot of anti-Muslim sentiment in the world, I thought. And I think it was prevalent in a lot of societies where I had never noticed it before. Like growing up and, and those sorts of things, I, I didn't know about people being anti-Muslim and, and all of these things. And there was a lot of that sentiment. But then that's it, the, the tide's starting to turn. And I find that that's... I'm not saying Israel... I mean, I'm not qualified to sort out the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, but my, my point would be that the narrative around Muslims in that region seems to have changed. In And it's changed twice in the time I've been alive. So I think that as the narrative changes, what you hope is that it moves more towards bringing the truth to light in, in whatever it would be. Like, you can't demonise black people you can't demonize muslims you can't demonize as as a whole because it's it's not correct and i think that people are learning that and i think that things like sexism racism all of these things in the workplace at homes in the media coverage on tv is i don't want to say it's nowhere near problem solved we all know that but as long as we're on the right path <clears throat> there'll never be there'll never be a quick solution there'll never be a quick um 
all right, overnight, this is it. Everybody's equal. We're all friends. We all love each other. But it's not going to happen. But as long as we're working towards that, and it's the same as anything else in your life, mate, as long as it's better than it was yesterday, then, then that's the right thing. And I have noticed that lately. I've noticed, mm. I've noticed in general, like the way people, people calling out things that they wouldn't have called out before, people standing up for things that they definitely wouldn't have stood up for before, friends of mine from the town and stuff who sometimes a bit small town thinking and, and kind of think, you know, like this is it round here and this is all and you see these their opinions changing and them trying to understand the things that go on in the wider world and to me that's such a brilliant thing and that that that's in a long labored point mate that's the that's the bonus that i see that's that's the win that i see from everything that we've talked about in terms of of hatred and bigotry and everything like this this is the win this is how you win it by slowly day to day everybody get more of an understanding mm. rather than concentrating on what divides us 100% I love that I um, I, I think you know I lived in Istanbul for two and a half years um, with work and as a um, lone Englishman out there and when I uh, some of the time when I've come back people would say what are they like and I would say what who are they yeah. So, you know, like everyone you work with, and I said they're 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 exactly the same as me and you. Their parents, sisters, brothers, lovers. They have hopes, dreams. They're happy. They're sad. There is no, there is not this weird difference that you think in the same way that someone might say, well, the UK is a Christian country, Turkey is a Muslim country. Guess what? Of the 300 people I worked with every single day, they were exactly the same as when I worked in the UK in terms of the extent to which they were religious, if you just wanted to concentrate on that one thing. Yeah. But they were they were human beings. I played five-a-side football out there every week. Um, and we didn't, initially for the first year and a half, uh, I couldn't speak any uh, Turkish. And, that, and the footballers I was playing with could speak limited English. We had a great time. It was brilliant because we, guess what? We all loved football and it doesn't, it didn't matter when you're playing. You didn't think, oh, I'm not going to pass to him or he's different or, or whatever. You were all just, we were just playing football and loving, loving playing football. Guess what? Because we're all the same, you know, it was, and you, when people would say stuff like, oh, it must've been a nightmare working there. Why? Why was it? Yeah, it was a real challenge real challenge but guess what there are people treated me so lovely and it was uh, people were friendly wanting to be friends curious and if you were the same way back it's an amazing experience one of the best of my life mm. um but people try and go straight into what again a lot of what the media it's easier for them to say uh suicide bombers the call to prayer means that everyone stops and this this devout religiousness means that people don't think and there's no science and art and stuff like that it couldn't be further from the truth mm. but um trying to get that across that we are all the same and that um you're right i i'm always hopeful and if today is slightly better than yesterday eventually we will get there which is why for example i was saying we don't burn witches anymore 
you know, there's things that people go, it's our tradition. Well, guess what? Some traditions were mental and we understand them to be mental now. Yes. You know, we don't we don't sleep with frogs under our bed because we think that's going to help us cure measles. Yeah. You know, it's we we are progressing as a society. That's one thing that is certain. But we've just got to try and make sure that as many people come along for the ride as possible. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Well, I have the same experience with Uganda, mate. It's Turkey people. When I came back, people question, oh, God, what's that? Everyone live in mud huts and... Yeah, some people did, to be fair, you know, like some people did, but like the idea that we that that we had nothing in common and that we yeah. were completely different things was just mental. Yeah. Like it's absolutely crazy. And as soon as I got there, I realized that I mean I don't know what it'd be like, to be honest, when I when I got there, but it was it's a beautiful place full of beautiful people and they 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 are different, but then in many ways they're the same. Mm. And <coughs> excuse me like i said before that 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 should be the focus of it mate that that's how we move forward definitely love it just before we wrap up i want to i want to give you the opportunity to share something great that you're doing which is the um eat like a refugee can you just talk oh, about yeah. that the stupidest idea i've ever had in my whole life <laughs> by far so um yeah for a week um, 13th of June to well, for a week, be I've, I've been sent a ration pack from Concern Worldwide, which I'm Concern Worldwide UK in this case, and it's the rations that are given out in Syrian camps and places like that. So, this is what people are to survive on a week, and it's just honestly, it's utterly ridiculous. Like, it's utterly ridiculous how, how little there is. It highlights that highlights another inequality in the world and that's poverty and food poverty and for me it's i mean we we i mean as much as i've seen and done around the world and and where i've been and the the the, the cherries and causes of help and stuff like this one was one that i hadn't put much thought to to be honest because i'd always like in the stuff that i've done around the world in africa and places like that, i've always focused on education and medicine as but in reality you can have all the medicine in the world but if you've got no food you're not going to survive and that that was a real eye-opener like sort of try, taking a dive into this and and learning a bit more about it and how they saw it and then you get like i posted about the other day and it got really good feeling and then some one random person was like that that's fine for a week and it's like well you fucking eat it then do you know what I mean? Like that. From now on, that's all you can yeah. do every week if it's fine. Marcus no. Rashford had the same response, didn't he? When some of the when he was um, helping out with the school meals, again, some people went, "Yeah, this looks fine to me." Well, the, I can guarantee the people that were saying that were not eating the same. No, of course, it was so and so from it was John who owns a construction firm from Oldham, probably saying these sort of things, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? And, probably got a Range Rover and a three bedroom house or four bedroom house or whatever but it, it's it's the same it's the same print there's always someone that some people naturally have more empathy than others we know that but there's no way without an agenda without any agenda based on somebody's race where they come from their migrant status and you could look at that that I put on there and say that's enough food yeah it's, it, you know yeah, like if, you, if you're saying if you're saying that 
then you've got an agenda. And I, I mean, I've been around the world to places where they have no food. And I've been, I do a lot of outdoor stuff when not so much this year, but outdoor stuff where you are sort of getting by and what you can get by. And a lot of my training and that sort of stuff over the last few years was like that. And I know what's enough food and what isn't enough food. And for anybody who comments that sort of thing is either A, just looking for an argument, or B, there's an agenda there. And yeah. oftentimes, one of the beautiful things about social media that's often overlooked is that these people out themselves <laughs> yeah. <coughs> without yeah. any help at all. Yeah. So I've in, I'm enjoying it, mate. It's I'm not looking forward to it. I've got some recipes and stuff, and it's just going to be one of those things that you just get through. Like, it's not going to be fun at all. But a lot of people saying, well, I couldn't do that. It's the same that you can do it if you wanted to. You could do it because you, you had to. You so know? how can we see what you're up to and how can we support you? Um, well, there's a there's a link on my LinkedIn to the, the donations page. And I'm going to be posting about my meals and how depressed I am. And, <laughs> and everyone wants to see that. Yeah, that's what people usually sign up for with me. And, and, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so just I'm just going to be posting those kind of updates. I'm going to be showing everyone as real as I can. Like, look, this is mm. it's not pleasant, but this is what we're doing it for. And I always try in all these things, mate, to just to to try and sort of give the the real human side of it. This is this is where we're at. This is what we're doing, and and it's a really good thing. I'm really happy to be doing it. I know it's only a week, but it feels like it's a big deal. It feels like it, it could be something good. It's had a good response. I mean, mm -hmm. as a team, we've we've already beat our fundraising target. People are getting behind right. it. So, yeah, so any more raise to be brilliant. And I think that there's a sliding scale. So the more you raise, like, say, if I raise, I don't know what it is, like another £100, I might I get a vegetable, I think, for the <laughs> week or, so, or something like that. So, But have, by all means, have a look on the page because yeah. the, 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 the amount of food is utterly ridiculous for a for a human being it's well i'll be doing it i absolutely recommend everyone kind of gets behind you and supports you again you do some great work and this is another example of it so more power to you my friend thanks mate um nick thank you very much for coming on yeah. um for people can follow nick follow his company the great work that he's done making um bid writing and procurement sexy and doing some great stuff for charities. A pleasure as always, my friend. Yeah, it's been good to speak to you, mate, and um, catch up soon. Okay, buddy. <laughs> Take it easy. See you later. See you, mate. Unjunk your sleep during Mattress Firm's President's Day sale and wake up a better you. Shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets. Plus, get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. We've got your perfect bed in stock for immediate delivery and with a low price guarantee, so you can rest assured you're getting the best price. Only at Mattress Firm, the number one Tempur-Pedic retailer. Restrictions apply. See store for details.